This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Welcome to a special edition of Black in the Valley. Our second host is Professor Carly Tartikoff, and she has with her and us today three very special guests so we can hear about Voices of Resilience. Carly Tartikoff, the microphone is your, the honor and pleasure of the introductions also are with you. And it is a pleasure to be able to talk to our guests today. Under the direction of the curator, Janine Fonden, a Bay Path professor, the second installation of an exhibit entitled Voices of Resilience, the Intersection of Women on the Move, will be presented at the South Hadley Center Church. The opening will be held on September 18th. Um, and joining us today to talk about this event is Dr. Demetria Shabazz, who is one of the scholars on the project, and uh, the Reverend Lori Souder. She is the minister at the South Hadley Center's church where the event will take place. And we also have Anita Sorrow, another key organizing organizer of the project. Welcome. I'd like Thank to start, I'd like to start by asking you, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to tell you that I uh, saw the first installation of this exhibit in Springfield. And uh, I'm so excited about seeing what you and the other collaborators have done as you've developed this program over the years. So let's start with um, the history of the show. Hello, thank you so much, Carly and Bill and Monty for having us to discuss this exciting exhibit that will for the first time be in the um, the valley. As you mentioned, Carly, it was in Springfield at the Springfield Museums. Um, Janine, myself, and Dr. Lucy Lewis, who's another scholar on the exhibit, um, were invited to create an exhibit that celebrated and that profiled women's history in the state of Massachusetts, but also locally in Springfield. It was a tremendous success. We um, had at the opening, um, I, I don't know, uh, maybe the, the whole hall was filled at Demore Hall there at the Springfield Museums with uh, people just wanting to know more about women's contribution to the area. Um, that opened right before COVID and then uh, after a few weeks it was closed. And then uh, until we got a handle on how to work with COVID, um, it stayed closed and then we opened to small groups. So it got a bit of a showing, so glad you were there. Yeah, but now uh, we had this idea about trying to expand it. 
And um, what you're going to see is not only what you saw at the Springfield Museums looking at Springfield women's history, state history, but we've added because we want it to also be pertinent and significant to folks within this area. And so you're going to see women's history from Mount Holyoke. You're going to see women's history in Amherst. And when we talk about women's history, we're talking about those contributions on that we kind of take for granted because women's history is not something uh, that is often talked about and celebrated, particularly locally. We're talking about folks of not only of color, but their allies who have contributed to make this valley a place for everyone. And those stories we see as tremendously important. Correct. And I understand, well, I know that you're one of those women, one of those hidden figures, not so hidden uh, to us in Amherst, but hidden in the sense that your name is, is uh, that we are not highlighting you all over. Well, when, when you say that, I think that's important, Carly, because when we talk about women's stories, sometimes it's a Martha Faison, who was the first African-American teacher at Fort River. We're, we're talking about, you know, women such as Judy Brooks, who was one of our first black elected officials in Amherst. You know, those things we kind of take for granted now that we have two African-American women uh, taking on that mantle as elected officials on the town council. But there had to be a first in order to lay the groundwork, to prepare the space, and to say, if I can do it, you can do it too. And so those are the stories that we see as significant and that we are profiling and celebrating within this exhibit. And we're just so honored and, and so excited to have Center Church as a partner in this work. Absolutely. Dr. Schultz, could you go back for just a second? And for those of us who have not seen the exhibit at all, tell us a bit about what we're gonna see, what we're gonna experience there. Well, what you're going to see are profiles that we have researched, not only of, uh, you know, the, the local history, but how that local history is connected to state and, you know, uh, uh, global movements, um, such as, you know, when we think of uh, Barbara Smith, you know, that she was connected with Mount Holyoke and she was one of the, she is one of the founders of the Kambahi River Collective. You know, the Kambahi River Collective uh, came out of uh, the Black feminist of the, the 1960s. But, you know, we're talking about Black Lives Matter also created by Black and queer, uh, Black and brown queer women. Kambahi River Collective laid the foundation and the groundwork of putting not only ideology, you know, first and foremost, having to do with uh, what were what are black women's issues, but into action. 
And so you can't have Black Lives Matter unless you had the Kambahi River Collective that came before. And so that's one of the folks that we're, we're profiling. We're also uh, profiling, uh, you know, women like Onawumi G. Moss, who was uh, the first, uh, you know, when we talk about Black deans um, at Amherst College, and now she's retired. She's she's a, a, a storyteller that goes around the world. Um, but prior to her role as the storyteller, and, and a lot of younger people know her as such, she was one of the first at Amherst College in, in terms of the staff and then faculty role. So, you know, that hist history is, is recent, you know, coming out of the 1960s and the 70s, but, and it's not so long ago. But again, had there not been these women that paved the way and created space, I wouldn't have come to the valley. I mm. wouldn't have found the valley um, a place to have my family, to seek community. Um, you know, I think of Carly as well as one of those people who who is a first. And we plan to expand this exhibit once we've been invited to Springfield Museums in the uh, next year or so. And we plan on expanding um, our exhibit to include more people, such as Dr. Carly Tartikoff. <laughs> That's cool. So we can talk about the opening. The opening yeah, is really exciting, and um, uh, maybe we should bring in Center Church, who is hosting uh, us and partnering with us for this exhibit, because right. the opening is really exciting. It's planned for September 18th at two o'clock. It's on a Sunday, and I'm just really, you know, honored to be partnering with Reverend Lori Souter and Anita Saro, who's a member of the church, but also one of the key organizers. And I'm so lucky; she's also my neighbor and friend. <laughs> So can we hear from, I, I don't uh, see Lori. Lori? I'm here. Oh, could you take the mic and tell us your involvement? Oh, oh you, you bet. And your church's Charlie. involvement. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for hosting us this morning. Um, right around George Floyd's death, um, our church people prior to that had been um, seriously considering what can we do? How can we reach out that isn't, um, that is productive, effective? And um, I had gotten together with two other local clergy and we combined a ecumenical vigil in South Hadley the last Saturday in May. We, we gathered 220 some people and it was, incredibly moving. Center Church said, we can't stop here. So we continued and we made a covenant that we're going to continue this until we we understand there's another reason for us to um, to dive into regarding Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And so over 80 consecutive Saturdays, our church hosted a vigil in front of the church, sometimes reaching down to past Morgan Street, if you know the campus of Mount Holyoke, um, of 
I'd say, Anita, the average would be around 40 to 50 people um, day in and day out. And it was a gathering of our church folks, other church people in the community, and then even as far as Greenfield and Holyoke and Springfield. And it was a gathering of like minds, of like souls, and it felt as if we were doing something. We would get affirmation from the cars passing, honking, waving. Um, it, it, it was a bonus. And as Anita said, during this COVID time, this was doing church. It was truly a sacred worship experience. And then, um, oh, about mm, quarter of the way through it, I started to think how I failed as a community organizer. Well, not failed, it, it's what I did in Arizona worked, but I never anticipated what's next. What do we do next after the vigil? And I had this idea of using artwork because artwork expands us in so many ways. And I began to visit the different businesses on the common to see if they would be engaged in hanging artwork of, of black artists. And there was an interest. And that's when Anita went, aha. And the serendipity, the Holy Spirit of it worked its magic. And I'll turn it over to Anita for that. Thank you. We actually have to squeeze in a break right here. We're going to continue this very, very special edition of Black in the Valley with Anita Sorrow and Dr. Dimitri Shabazz and Reverend Lori, Sh uh, I'm sorry, Reverend Lori Souter. We'll be right back or with Black in the Valley after this. Lift every voice and sing. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster, Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2, only on WHMP. Brought to you by Business West. The vital business news in Western Mass is in Business West. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Why work for just any hospital when you can work as a medical assistant, patient service rep, office nurse, or scheduler for Cooley Dickinson Hospital? Winner of the Best Local Hospital Award by the Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. Stop by for on-the-spot interviews on Tuesday, September 27th from 9 to 11 and 4 to 6 at Cooley Dickinson Medical Group, 22 Atwood Drive, Northampton, or apply online at cooleydickinson.org today. Hi, this is Jessica from Fitness Together. I meet clients every day who tell me that as the number on their scale grew higher, their self-esteem dropped lower, and going to a traditional gym absolutely terrified them. Here at Fitness Together, we'll work with you one-on-one, -on -one, either virtually or in one of our private suites in Amherst or Northampton. We'll help you set and reach your fitness goals, and most importantly, smile every time you look in the mirror. Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. Your self-worth is worth Fitness Together. 
Sign up for Will Bike for Food, the Food Bank of Western Massachusetts annual cycling fundraiser presented by Stop and Shop. Every dollar raised provides four meals for those at risk of hunger. Ride 10, 25, 50, or even 100 miles on Sunday, September 25th, or ride your own miles on your own time throughout September. Registration is just 40 bucks and includes a t-shirt and an all-access pass to the C.E. Floyd after party with food, drinks, live music, and more. Sign up or donate to a team or individual at willbikeforfood.org. In the late 30s, they started singing together at the Alabama Institute for the Negro Blind. In the 40s and 50s, they spread their gospel across the Jim Crow era South. You gotta keep the devil down in the In the 60s, they shaped the sound of the civil rights movement, singing at events with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This Friday, they'll be singing at UMass. Going up to the, in the, sky. the Blind Boys of Alabama, this Friday, September 16th at UMass Amherst. Over 80 years of gospel. Along the way, teaming up with Stevie Wonder, Lou Reed, and Prince. Get tickets now at the UMass Fine Arts Center website and get ready. The Blind Boys of Alabama will raise the roof on the Frederick C. Tillis Performance Hall this Friday, September 16th at UMass Amherst. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We continue our special Black in the Valley segment on Voices of Resilience. Kari Tartikoff, the microphone is yours. Yes, and we're talking to three women about the second installation of Voices of Resistance. And Anita Sorrow is going to continue by telling us what's going to go on there and sure. how we can get involved. I'm, I'm happy to. Dee and I first talked about this. It has to be at least a year and a half, if not two years ago. And uh, we're on the threshold now of, of this month-long exhibit. So it's opening this uh, Sunday at two o'clock at Center Church. Center Church is the church that is right in the middle of South Hadley. It's directly across from the Common. Um, and uh, two o'clock is the opening. We'll have several of the voices, several of the women um, who will, will be featured in this month long exhibit. We'll have the Amherst Area Gospel Choir, who will lift us up in song, and Dr. Ruth Bass Green, who many of you may have heard, um, will also be one of the voices, one of the featured women, and also um, will we'll be playing a little bit. She came to our church yesterday and uh, for a little run through, and it was glorious just to have a mini private concert from Dr. Ruth. Um, so um, uh, the opening is important, but it's important in, in that it will begin a, a full month of being able to see this important exhibit. And we have listed some open times on Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesdays, but we will work with groups um, who want to uh, schedule uh, special visits, we will do our best. Um, who should they get church. in touch with? Pardon me? 
Who should they get in touch with? Yeah, which, uh, you can call the church directly or there's an um, email account that we set up, voiceszenterchurch at gmail.com. Um, or call the church at 413-532-2262. Um, I, I think the, the more I think about this and the space that it's in, um, it is an opportunity for all of us to learn, to grow. Um, I am really touched. Uh, it, it's local history. It's personal history for some of us. Martha Faison taught both my daughters, and I am thrilled um, to have people like that, as well as people like Shirley Jackson, who taught at Mount Holyoke College. Um, so I think there's a broad range of voices that some of which we have heard, some we have never heard, and we should have been hearing them all along. So it's, it's a true opportunity. And we will work with all of you. And we have to thank our sponsors. We were able to get corporate sponsors, EE. Mount Holyoke is one of our sponsors, People's Bank, Thompson Financial, Odyssey Bookstore, Sankofa Gumbo, and Mass Cultural Council also gave us a very generous gift. Mm -hmm. Gifts. So there's a lot of local support for this from the corporate community, from the from the town of South Hadley, and and from the public. Do we have time? I hope for Jacqueline's question. No. Well, we'll just have to have you back another time. Well, you would, one minute, Jacqueline. You posed the question on. Uh, voices being heard, you want to just at least state the question for us, yes. and then we'll pick it up in our next segment of Black in the Valley. What's the question? Uh, the question raised to me was, how, how do we create a space for Black women, as uh, Reverend Soros has mentioned, at the center while being inclusive at the same time? An answer that may be given in part by this exhibit. And it's a great question. Could, could, I I, so. could I also say one very quickly? We made a commitment because of our sponsors that, and we are able to make a commitment that this is free to all. There is no financial barrier. So please, please take advantage of it. That's Again, good. the opening is when? This Sunday, two o'clock in the church. Okay, from two to three, correct? Two to three. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for uh, enriching our lives today by opening up new spaces where we can be seen and our rich, diverse stories can be told. Thank you so much. Professor Thank you, Carly, Carly and Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Carly Tartikoff, Anita Sarah, Dr. Dimitri Shabazz, Reverend Lori Souter. Thank you all so very, very Thank much. Thank you, Smith Brooks. <laughs> This is Bill Newman, WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The police unions representing Holyoke officers held a news conference to respond to a comment by City Councilor Jose Maldonado Velez at a City Council meeting earlier this month, where he referred to the police department as a gang. Matthew Moriarty, president of International Brotherhood of Police Officers, spoke out. Let me be clear. Your officers are not gang members. They are fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters. Manuel Rivera, president of IBPO 388, also defended the officers. 
If you look around, you can see that we are a direct reflection of the community we serve. The comment came about during a council discussion about the use of a gunshot detection system, ShotSpotter, in the city. UMass police are investigating an alleged mugging incident. The assault happened early Saturday morning. Police responded to a report of men fighting around 2.30 a.m., where they found the man who had been mugged, but the suspects had fled the scene with the man's belongings. Anyone with information regarding the incident is asked to contact the UMass Police Department. And a Greenfield police cruiser was photographed parking in a handicapped spot on Main Street on Monday. The police department issued a statement saying the parking was unauthorized and Police Chief Robert Haig issued a $200 parking ticket. Generally, tickets against company vehicles would be paid by the company, not the driver. Chief Haig felt the fine should not be paid by the department with taxpayer funds, so he wrote a personal check as a donation to the Green River House. Good morning. Dry weather takes us right through the end of the week. Mostly sunny today. You'll notice the wind. You'll also notice the lower humidity. The high of 74 to 78. Mostly clear. Breezy tonight. Overnight low 48 to 54. Sunny tomorrow. A high of 68 to 72. Dry low 70s on Friday. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Rashivega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. Un juez federal reveló el martes porciones adicionales de una declaración jurada del FBI que establece la base para un registro de la casa del expresidente Donald Trump en Florida, lo que demuestra que los agentes obtuvieron un disco duro antes, después de emitir una citación para las imágenes de vigilancia grabadas dentro de Mar-a-Lago. El mes pasado se hizo pública una versión muy redactada de la declaración jurada, pero el Departamento de Justicia solicitó permiso para mostrar más después de que los abogados de Trump revelaran la existencia de una citación del gran juez de junio que buscaba imágenes de video de cámaras en las cercanías del espacio de almacenamiento de Mar a Lago. El Departamento de Justicia ha dicho en una presentación separada que ha desarrollado evidencia de que los registros del gobierno probablemente fueron ocultados y retirados de la sala de almacenamiento y que probablemente se tomaron medidas para obstruir la investigación del gobierno. En otras informaciones, como parte de los esfuerzos de resonificación de las escuelas públicas de Holyoke, más de la mitad de todos los estudiantes en los grados prekinder a octavo asistirán a una nueva escuela el próximo año cuando el distrito complete su transición a escuelas primarias y secundarias separadas y vuelva a dibujar los límites escolares para el otoño de 2023. Por tal motivo, habrán dos conversaciones familiares y comunitarias en persona. La primera sesión se llevará a cabo este miércoles 14 de septiembre a las 5 de la tarde en la Escuela Kelly. Se ofrecerá transporte gratuito disponible desde las escuelas Lawrence y Morgan. También se ofrecerán actividades supervisadas para niños de 3 a 14 años y también se proporcionará comida. Para más información y registro puede visitar hps.ma.us. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. is Bill Newman, WHMP. Are a number of people, Kelsey Flynn and an entourage of her friends, because we want to talk about doozy do or doozy doop or doozy what. Kelsey, who do you have with you? I know you have a bunch of friends with you. And why don't you introduce them to our, to our listeners and, and tell us why we are all gathered here to celebrate and preview what? 
All right. I will uh, take the first part of your question, Mr. Newman. And thank you for having me. It's always such an honor and a delight to be on The Bill Newman Show. Uh, it, yes, hello. My name is Kelsey Flynn. I'm joined here in the studio by uh, Bill Dwight, former mm -hmm. city councilor, president of the council? Once upon a time. President of the yeah. Uh, more recently, selling pie, you and Patty Griffin, she's making them, <laughs> you're selling them. And, uh, and then I also have, uh, the grand fromage of the doozy do parade. Mark Carpell is here as well as our Northampton neighbors, executive director, Diane Porcella. And I'm going to hand it over to Mark and Diane as far as what the heck the doozy do is all about. Oh, but I will say that Bill and I are the grand dish. Marshals of this it, Bill Bill Dwight, yeah, Grand Marshal, Grandish, yeah, Bill Newman. Grand oh, sorry, did I say Bill Newman was sorry? <laughs> Bill Dwight. <laughs> no, Bill Newman can sit in. That's fine. Or, <laughs> or on my lap, and, and you should mention Dennis Lee as well. Oh, oh right, Dennis yeah. Lee is going to be with us to provide color commentary during the Doozy Do Parade. But yes, I get this question a lot lately, Bill Dwight, as I'm sure you do as well. What's the Doozy Do? What the heck is going on this Saturday at 11 a.m.? Mark Carpell. Okay, so um, uh, I joined Northampton Neighbors before it launched, and uh, then a little while later I joined the board, and I would watch people on the board work for months sometimes to get maybe a $4,000 grant and sometimes not get it. At the same time, I was seeing um, the kind of fundraising that was going on with the Hot Chocolate Run and with Monty's March, and I thought there must be a way to create a signature event for Northampton neighbors that would bring us some more attention and do some fundraising for us. So that's how it started. And uh, it crossed another wire in my head because in 1978, I saw a photograph, probably in the Gazette, taken from Pasadena's Duda Parade, which was created as a kind of a goofy alternative to the Rose Bowl Parade. And it was a photograph of a bunch of investment bankers in three-piece three suits with briefcases marching in a parade and doing coordinated movements with their briefcases. And it just, it just really tickled my fancy. And when those two wires crossed, I thought, Northampton neighbors, I mean, Northampton, uh, our city, needs uh, a doodah parade. Um, so we got started a few months before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, obviously we had to shut it down. And this last December, it seemed to me that the coast was clear enough in terms of COVID that we could start planning it again, even though we weren't sure we'd be able to give it. And as time has gone on, it's gathered steam. So the Doozy Do Parade is initially a fundraiser for Northampton neighbors and a way to get to word out to other seniors. Northampton neighbors is a small nonprofit that provides services and programs and events to older people in the greater Northampton area. Um, and we don't charge anything for our services, which is why we have to struggle with fundraising. What do you use them for, Bill Dwight? Because <laughs> you, 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 you've made it. Yes, right? I have. I've, I've, I've crossed over that, that line. You're in that rarefied crowd. I, well, it's not all that rare, actually. And, in fact, actually, my experience with Northampton Neighbors, not to someone to Mark, my mother was a gerontologist, and she discovered this uh, program in Europe that they they came up with that allowed people to age in place. Yeah. 
And what it was, the irony was, it was, oh, yeah, community. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been doing this for centuries. Let's, let's do that. Northampton Neighbors is an organized version of that. The one thing that distinguishes this particular group is it, there's no barriers to entry, mm-hmm. which you find in other communities where it costs a lot of money to get in. So there's a kind of a rarefied group mm-hmm. there, if you will. Mm-hmm. As far as the doozy do, Mark came to me and, and basically promoted it as a collective sigh the, a post-COVID collective sigh, and that when therein lied the appeal. But um, you know, we're all still masked up. And we're the irony, st- I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a sigh with a mask on, no less. So it's. Uh, but it, I think he's right. There is. Uh, I, I think if you looked at the Cummington Fair or the Three County Fair mm-hmm. or the opening of Strong Avenue for public, there is a a pent up energy and desire to just go out and be among other humans that you uh, haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. And in this instance, there's an opportunity to do it with a note of frivolity, giving yourself an excuse not to be so somber and endure and an opportunity to just giggle for a bit. And, yeah. and you know, it's interesting that they hit on you as a grand marshal for that. Yeah, I know. I'm still trying to puzzle <laughs> that one together. Um, <laughs> I am super excited because I my family would always look forward to the Pride Parade every right, year. Right. Uh, as my children, the product of two queer people, always thinks of it as the oh, is that the one you get candy? <laughs> yeah, kids, candy that's parade. what it is. It's just all about candy. It's not about our rights or our pride and being who we are. Uh, but we haven't had that in three years now, and so it's our opportunity to be on Main Street and scream and yell and holler at just the colorful pageantry that this city is so lucky to um, have and, and be, um, home for. And, uh, I'm really thrilled because, you know, everyone's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to wear? How are you gonna, what are you going to be? And then when I asked Bill Dwight, like, Bill, what's our theme? <laughs> and Bill was like, uh, this is my theme. I like got, my, I got me, one theme. I got one <laughs> yeah. No. So here's the thing. So I was like, well, I can't be Bill Dwight. Cause Jazz Tupelo already did that years ago when she, you and did that on Halloween. So I have embraced the identity of Rainbow Bill Dwight. Oh, so I have man. been collecting articles of clothing, sometimes purchasing, uh, so that on Saturday morning, uh, you and I can stand next to each other and be kind of the uh, the um, the contrast, yang. the yin and yang <laughs> of Bill Dwight. There so, was a 1980s character called Rainbow Bright. There yes, was. of course. You could be Rainbow Dwight. Oh! I didn't even take it that far. Damn it! <laughs> That's you always still what got time. Monty does. It's like I've got a half-born idea, and he's like, "No, it's instantly cesarean in my out. in my bait. It's in my head already. I've already birthed it, Kelsey, and it's in fact a teenager." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's that's so Mark, what what do you want to say? Well, uh, keying off what Bill said, I remember seeing a phrase somewhere and the, it was about what we missed during COVID, during lockdown. And the phrase was collective effervescence. Mm. And I thought exactly, that's exactly what we want this to be. Mm-hmm. Collective effervescence. But it's also turned into a bunch of other things. It's turned into an intergenerational party. We'll yeah. have a lot of seniors, we'll have a lot of kids. A lot of people in between. It's turned into, and this is our new tagline, a celebration of community because we have a lot of nonprofits who are going to be uh, creating their own teams and funny teams in the parade. We'll have a lot of teams of people who are just gathering to do something fun. Uh, There are businesses that are entering teams. um, And uh, 
so yeah, it's that. And it's also, I think, uh, I have hoped it to be a love letter to the city of Northampton. Mm -hmm. That's why I tried to bring in as many iconic people and artifacts from Northampton. Which one are you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think I cover all of those you aspects. You are a beloved <laughs> artifact. So where does the parade start? Where does it go to? Hey, Diane, I want you to talk. Yeah. Hey, the parade starts at 33 Holly Street and rolls right up to the Academy of Music. Um, we're in the westbound lane. Uh, so, so look for us there. Yes, and, otherwise uh, you might miss us. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, and if you happen to be in a stroller, roller, wheelchair on wheels, um, the best viewing is right in front of the old courthouse where it also happens that Bill and Kelsey will be. So meet us there. It's, it's, a, it's a really long parade. <laughs> Bill. What, what do you do as the grandish, grandish marshal? And Kelsey, too, what do the grandish marshals do what, for the doozy do parade? A very important. We, we sit in a convertible yeah. and do the Queen's wave since she's yeah. not doing it anymore. And we will. Uh, oh, and, too and, soon. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and yeah, so we'll be riding in the back of a convertible for a block and a half. A block and a half. That's and, right. then we, and then Kelsey and I and Dennis Lee will get out and. Uh, Yak on a PA system. Yeah, about what's going by, who is it, giving them props, thanking folks. Yeah, that So too. come and say hi. Bill Newman. Are you going to be back? Oh. I will be back. I wouldn't, I'm coming back especially for the Doozy Doo Parade. <laughs> Great. I hope you continue to bring the can that you talk through. So that, when <laughs> <laughs> so that we'll know it's you. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Dwight, you take over. Kelsey, any one of you. <laughs> uh, it's a Skype can. It's, oh, it's a uh, I, Skype uh, can. Yeah. I just love that. It's just so it's so atmospheric. Um, I think you should give us the call, the, you know, a correspondence uh, report on what you're seeing outside your window from did it, did it, did it on Route Six today. There's a doozy do parade There's in the westbound lane. <laughs> in the westbound lane. <laughs> yeah, don't miss out. But uh, yeah, it's in front of the Center for the Arts is where it will kick off and go around the corner under the truck eating bridge yeah. and then uh, carry on until uh, the Academy where we will disperse peacefully. Oh. What? Oh, I almost forgot. Gertrude right. the Gargoyle, who used to sit atop the Words and Pictures Museum. Is being pulled up Main Street by the pedal people and will be parked in front of the Academy if you want to grab a selfie with her. Nice. For those of you that remember the Words and Picture Museum, mm, that yeah. we, or remember Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so there, there's a whole age cohort there that, mm -hmm. that we, we need to pick up and you need to understand. We're celebrating your lives too. <laughs> and Bill, so it, it, I have a question for you, Bill, and the rest. Uh, in addition to the goofiness of all this and the fun and the dancing and the, uh, 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 I don't know, stars of Northampton who will be there, um, is there a way that, to uh, actually raise money for Northampton neighbors? I know Mark Capel mentioned this, but I'd be interested to know, how does it raise money? Okay, so two different ways. One way is through uh, local business sponsors. We have, I believe, 41 uh, sorry, 31 local business sponsors. That doesn't include our media sponsors. And we've raised much more than we expected to on that. Also, we've uh, invited people who are marching in the parade to make contributions to Northampton Neighbors. And we've asked for a minimum $10 contribution. 
except for uh, children 12 and under who are free. So there are both of those income streams. And for a first-time event, it's, it's actually doing pretty well. Since we're talking about sponsors, let me just mention, we have four tiers. Uh, uh, they, they start, there are doozy donors, and the next tier are special doozy donors, and the next tier are super doozy donors, and then there are supreme doozy donors. And uh, we've been really helped out by the generosity of sponsors. Two supreme doozy donors, Applied Mortgage, which is uh, part of Harbor One, and Delap Real Estate, and three super doozy donors that I'll mention, Greenfield Cooperative Bank, East Hampton Savings Bank, and Twin Building LLC. So uh, that's the answer to that. And Mark, what's the website that everyone can go to about the doozy do? Get all the details. It's doozydo.org. So it's D-O-O-Z-Y-D-O. .org. Okay, all are invited. All we have to do is show up on Main Street and bow to Bill Dwight? <laughs> no, yeah. don't say no, that. But that's just that. a simple wave just will do. Parade. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a parade. But it's 11 a.m. on Saturday, and it's going to be a glorious day. Weather is just perfect. Parade perfect weather. Can't wait. Kelsey, Bill and Priscilla, thank you also very much for being doozy doozers. Is that what you are? Is that what we call you? Doozy doers. There you go. <laughs> thank you, Bill. This is Bill Newman, WHMB. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Modest, very minimal increase in the police budget, largely uh, due to just regular contractual um, obligations. Holyoke is nothing like Northampton and Greenfield. The quality of life uh, issues or demographics, very, very different. So I can never compare our police departments. The challenges we have going on in our city are very, very different. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Why work for just any hospital when you can work for Cooley Dickinson Hospital, winner of the Best Local Hospital Award by the Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. And right now, they are offering a $10,000, yes, a $10,000 sign-on bonus for inpatient nurses. On-the-spot interviews are Tuesday, September 27th from 9 to 11 and 4 to 6 at Cooley Dickinson Hospital North Entrance, Route 9 Northampton, or apply online at cooleydickinson.org. Eat more kale, says the bumper sticker. Why assume I'm not eating enough kale? If you eat at Paul and Elizabeth's, there's always kale. There's the Caesar salad with kale, with romaine, or both. There's the vegetarian platter, vegetables sauteed to perfection, including kale. Or just order a side of sauteed greens. Some people treat kale like one of those good for you but no one really likes it things. Maybe those people have never been to Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant. Inside Thorns in Northampton. But what are we drinking in the wine bunker today? Random white wine. Yes. All right. Hello, I'm Random White Guy, and I'm going to be drinking random white wine. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. The first one here is the uh, Gomez Cruzado from the Haro region of Rioja, and this is a white wine. Now, most people might be familiar with Viora, but this is also blended with 25% Tempranillo Blanco. I always forget that that's even a thing. Don't we all? The first sip almost seems 
puckering dry, but it really rounds out. A couple more sips into it, it and it is lush and creamy. But it's not so creamy without acid. There's like a there is yeah. a little bit of acid yeah, in there. When it's too creamy, I get really bored and yeah. it's like what they call flabby. But with the acid, it braces it and it makes it really. Yeah. This this I want like scallops. <laughs> you mean scallops? I don't care. I want them. I care. Scallops. There we go. Thank you. Find your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street. It happens all over Massachusetts. Anytime I choose. In every home and every community. Be careful on your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere. Hi guys. We'll see you at practice this weekend. And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, Desi is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And we welcome back to our show Steve Sanderson, events producer for the Northampton Arts Council, who has with him and us today some very special guests. Tell us who they are, Steve, and why they're with us, please. Good, good morning, Bill. Uh, I've got Jen Pollins for the School for Contemporary Dance and Thought with us this morning, and a performance artist, Sakina. And we are having a show this Sunday, September 18th, at 7 o'clock, at the APE Workroom Theater, at 33 Holly Street, Northampton. And uh, Jen from School for Contemporary Dance and Thought is here to tell us more about our collaboration with the Arts Council and School for Contemporary Dance and Thought. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me back. It's always fun to be here. Um, so this showcase is called Exchange, and it has five artists from the whole like Northeast Corridor, and they've all been connected to the APE's workroom theater in 33 Holly Street over the pandemic. It was um, sort of an incubator space for these artists to be continuing to make work. And um, I would say that it's a variety show. It has film, spoken word, and a lot of virtuosic dance. And it's a great art and entertainment experience for everyone, for, for all ages. Um, and it's also a collaboration between APE um, that was founded by Gordy Thorne, who also helped found and realize the Northampton Community Arts Trust, which is an amazing, still new space in Northampton. Um, and the Arts Council, and Steve might talk a little bit more about the fundraiser part of it, which is why we're all doing this, is to raise money for the art, all the artists in Northampton. And a CDT that I run since nineteen since nineteen fourteen. <laughs> <Since Wow. laughs> wow. You look great. Like you do look great. <laughs> since twenty fourteen. And um SCDT is a movement education and performance venue and we bring in artists from all over the world to you guys. And our um we're dedicated to experimental art and a lot of play and fun. Um, and we have a really strong youth program. And Sakina Ibrahim is originally from Springfield, and I have known Sakina since she was 12. <laughs> that means I am really old. <laughs> and, um, and she's coming back to both work with the teens of Hatchery, which is SCDT's teen dance company, and perform this weekend. So you get a chance to see her perform, and then in December you could see her work on the teens. Could you tell us a bit more about the performance that's going to go on? I would love to know more about the fundraising part, too. But tell us a bit more who will be dancing and who will be collaborating and what else will be going on. It sounds like an amazing uh, potpourri of performances, but I'd like to hear more. Yeah, so there's four performance artists that will be sharing work live. 
Um, Rebecca Pappas is from Hartford and is sharing uh, group work. Sakina is doing a solo, and she's flying in from L.A. today um, to do this. And um, Rebecca... Uh, 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 oh, my God, I'm having a blank. I'm having a blank. Oh, Ellie Goody Averill is showing a duet. And um, Lauren Horn is here from Connecticut, and she went to Amherst College and is showing a solo. And then we are showing a film. And it's just a variety of different modern dance and improvisational and experimental and really fun small dances, 10 minutes each. Well, well Sakina is with us, and she could actually yeah. tell us about her performance. Yes, hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited about this show exchange. You know, as a dancer and an artist, it has been very difficult to get opportunities, you know, post the pandemic. And right now it's a time for us to all come together and be inspired by the art. And to be able to do it with other artists and to be able to collaborate with a teacher and a mentor and to give back to the young people in my community is just something I'm very honored to do. And that's why I'm getting on the plane in a couple hours because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a big deal to me. Uh, most importantly, I, I believe the way that, that we keep this world balanced is to provide the arts, arts education and arts performance. And we inspire each other about our human experience. That's what the art is for. And the piece that I'll be sharing is called Ode to Nina, uh, which is an ode to Nina Simone, who's a great inspiration um, to me as a creative artist, as a black woman, as a um, activist and a pioneer in her art. So I'll be sharing a dance solo work, exploring improvisation concepts, which I learned from Jen, <laughs> and, <laughs> and thematics around uh-oh. We lost her for a moment there, but hopefully we'll have her back in a second. Newman. With a little luck, I'll talk about my modern dancing, which is stumbling to the bathroom in the middle <laughs> of the night. It's a it's an improv piece that I've been working on for the last number of years. Nope, <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, so tell us more. Tell us more uh, about uh, Sakina coming back here and who she is and how you got her. Um, so I started working with Sakina when she was at the Pioneer Valley Performing Arts Charter School a long time ago. I won't say yeah. the, the date. Oh, are you back? Sakina? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. We we lost you. Did you want to say anything else you were talking about Ode to Nina? Oh, you lost me. Okay, sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, Ode to Nina is a, a work I started several years ago. Because it's improvisation, it changes as, as you change, as you evolve. Um, part of my growing into a woman, growing into a Black woman, exploring uh, who I am and learning to accept myself, part of being an artist is expressing that through movement. Um, so I have several props that I'm using. It's very much so connected to performance art as well. Um, think, thinking about how to move in the space, what to use in the space, and how to engage uh, with the audience. So there'll be some audience participation elements too, but you have to come to the show to find that out. <laughs> how long is the piece? The piece is seven minutes. And you've been working on it for how long? Oh gosh, I started Ode to Nina and I, I'm gonna say like 10 years. This is a long, a long work. 
And yeah, does, it started... have, does it have a narrative arc? Is it telling a story? Can you just give us a brief uh, description of that aspect? Well, the, lyrics to the, the lyrics to the song are, she does not know her beauty. She thinks her brown skin has no glory. She thinks her brown body has no glory. And the reality is that's the experience of a lot of black and brown bodies in our society. And so the arc of the story is a girl, a character, a woman who's trying to discover herself and discover her inner beauty despite the society around her that doesn't validate that. That's been my experience. That's been the experience of a lot of black women. So when I begin, it's, I start low and throughout the piece, I start to ascend and to rise and to come into myself and the beauty of my brown skin. Wow, that sounds amazing. This is where the performance is. How do we get tickets? Sunday night. The performance starts at 7 o'clock, doors at 6.30. You can buy tickets at the door at 33 Holly Street. We also have brown paper tickets, and there will be a live stream link. Uh, go to NorthamptonArtsCouncil.org for more information. Thank you all so very, very much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Minutemen football lives here. Olsen lops it. Josiah Johnson, end zone, touchdown, Massachusetts. Merriweather, daylight, end zone, touchdown, Ellis Merriweather from eight yards out. Follow the action all season long on your home for Minutemen football. The UMass Sports Network from Learfield. Touchdown, Massachusetts. Grow Food Northampton helps you make the local food system better. This is Michael Skillcorn, Director of Programs. You can join us by shopping at Northampton Tuesday Market, getting a plot at our community garden in Florence, buying a farm share at Crimson and Clover or Sawmill Herb Farm. You can volunteer with us in our giving garden or participate in our neighborhood markets that bring the local food movement to underserved communities in Northampton. Get involved and support our work at growfoodnorthampton.com. Live and local Alamos news Espanol. and talk for and Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.